In my practice as a chiropractor, I see people who have gone through physical trauma repeatedly, mental, emotional trauma, and one of the biggest diagnostic indicators that they're gonna get well is how healthy were they physically, how mentally fit were they before the crisis occurred, and that is one of the reasons why I am so delighted to have on the show today, Linda Gross. Linda is an author, radio show host and personality, coach, speaker and influencer, Linda. You are an expert on men's health. You're an expert on today's program, on, on these subjects, and I can't wait to, to introduce the world to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that warm wel- welcome. Welcome. So, Linda, you are an expert on men's health, on men's mental health, and you've written two pretty amazing books. How did you get to this level of your life? And, and with all the things you could focus on, how did you get to niche down on, on men's health? Yeah. Um, well, I already had an academic background from UCLA in psychology, so I combined um, the the years of research that I did there. And how did I personally get involved in men's health? Well, I went through a divorce, and you know, I asked the question that most girls ask: Is where did all the good guys go? <laughs> Um, because it seems like over the last few decades, they've been canceling guys out. And I thought, hmm, there is a niche here. You know, there, there, there's, there's thousands and thousands of sites and podcasts and whatever for women. But who's giving a voice, a safe voice for men? So I, I thought I would fill that voice. So I started off. Um, just doing a blog, you know, a five-day blog, Monday through Friday, and the blog got super popular, and they're like, oh, my God, this is advice we have never heard before, and it's so easy to do, but not obvious, you know, the, the traits are not obvious, and, you know, a lot of women will get mad at me that I let out all the secrets, but, you know, once you have the key, <laughs> once you have the key, all you have to the door, all you have all you have to do is put it in and turn it, right? I mean, then it's like so easy. It's like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? So I started, um, you know, uh, doing this blog and people kept saying, oh my God, you got to turn it into a book, turn it into a book. This is like fabulous. So that's, I turned it into a book. And later on, as time went by, I was invited to things. I gave a speech on the Capitol steps uh, here in California in Sacramento on men's rights because I had a lot of men who were coming to me that had failed custody issues. You know, the woman was going up on the stand and lying about abuse or drugs or alcohol or whatever, and then she would get custody of the kids. And didn't matter that none of that was true and the judge didn't check to see if it was true and meanwhile the guy is put out in left field um you know and he's spending his whole life savings trying to get the kids back so wow. you know so I, ha- I have a lot of different ventures men need a voice men need a safe place and you know i'm that person and i tell it to them straight i speak i speak men language i say women kind of speak in circular emotions, you know, beat around the bush kind of thing. But men, it's like, what's the point? What's the bottom line? What do I got to do? Okay, I'll do it. You know, I mean, so they like that direct talk. So 
um, I give them what they want and, and they come away. I, I've, you know, I get letters all the time. People say, oh my God, I've read your book five times. And each time I get something new out of it or, you know, chapter three wasn't relevant, you know, six months ago, but oh my goodness, chapter three is very relevant now. So they tell me that they actually use it as a reference guide. <laughs> it's you know, their men's Bible. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. I love that you are a voice. I love that you help them to um, men to advocate for themselves, you know, and, and you're right. We've seen this where the, the tables were turned years and years ago. It was horrible. We yeah. were constantly the bad guys because we were the bad guys. You know, yeah. th there was a lot of sexism. There was a lot of inequality. You're, and th there is no hiding from that. That absolutely was true. But we've seen this cancel culture come and where men, we don't feel that the ability that we can be vulnerable. We don't feel that we can be sometimes honest or show emotions. And, and I love that you're teaching them how to advocate for themselves, how to be vulnerable, how to, and how to speak on, on a platform of truth. I, I absolutely love that. How, um, how easy is it that you see, so because I, I love that you shared a concept, you know, people will read a part of your book and they'll say, oh, like this is happening to me right now in my life, but then three months from now, how would you teach, what would you say would be the best way? Because again, crisis is going to happen in people's lives. Lessons, mm -hmm. as we call them, right? Lessons are going to keep coming until we learn them. How can people learn that lesson ahead of the game? So we see what's right in front of us, right? Sometimes we get those blinders on, but people three months from now, if they didn't have that, that, uh, that information, we can flounder, we can struggle physically or emotionally. What would be your best advice to people to say, you know, learn this material now and make it applicable so that when it does come, you know exactly where to turn, where to weave. What, what would you, what counsel would you give for that? Well, the good news is, is that information always goes in. We may not act on it, but it always goes in. It's always there. And the reason why I know this is when my kid was growing up, you know, she was like four years old and she would, you know, she would filter in these concepts, not understanding what they mean or how they relate or whatever. And then like at age eight, she would pop up and say, mom, what about X, Y, Z? This is how it applies. And I'm like, holy crap, you held that in your brain for four years. So I know that the information is going in. So it's up to what do we do with the information? So we just might not be emotionally, psychically, whatever. We might not be ready to act on it. And that's okay. Just realize that when you need to go deep, when you need to pull it out of your gut, it's, it's in there. So, so give yourself I, some grace. <laughs> I, absolutely. You know, and, and I love that you hit that concept. It, it's a simple concept that, you know, what we think about, we bring about what we focus on is what we oh, bring yeah. is, is everything we put our energy it magnifies, to. Is what we'll, as they say. It, it'll magnify. Absolutely. So, you know, there's going to be times of repose where we need to recover, where we can watch a movie, read a fun book. But if we aren't putting those critical life lessons into our life, that's what happens. Um, and I know that you've been inspired by um, some wonderful people in your life. I know, you, I know you've been inspired by some incredible um, uh, authors and books that have helped you develop a strong mindset. Because again, just like exercising, we have to exercise to be strong. What yeah. are some of the books that, that you would say has inspired you? Um, because again, what I've realized in my life, Linda, is what seems common to you may not seem common to someone else. And when I read, when I share a book, mm. people I I've never heard of that book. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Like this book's changed my life. Yeah. What are some of those books that have helped you develop a strong mental fortitude and a strong mindset? What are the things that... that, that I just wanted to say one last sentence on oh, that please, previous please. thought. 
um, on being proactive. I have a big population of young men and maybe they've seen their parents go through a divorce or bad marriage or whatever it is. And they're, you know, they're like 18, 19, 20, 22, whatever. And they go, Linda, I got your book because I, I want to break the chain. I want to be proactive and not repeat what my parents went through. So rather than my, you know, muddling through it and then trying to unlearn the bad habits, I want to learn how to do it the right way the first time right out of the gate. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So there is a sense that people want to be proactive with this, with this stuff and, you know, bless their hearts. I I love it when I hear hear stuff like that. That, that, That's absolutely powerful. You know, and so the um, being able to see, and it really comes down to knowing what we want. What do you want in life? Do you want a healthy life, a healthy marriage? Well, we have to put into play. So yeah, what are some of those things that, that you've learned personally? What are some of the books that, obviously you have two smash hit books that we need to be aware of. Why don't you share your books and, what, and some of the books that, uh, that inspired you with this, with this mental awareness and this mental strong abundance mindset? I love I love nonfiction books. I mean, I like fiction too, but I would say Think and Grow Rich and Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Effective People. I mean, that's like my Bible, <laughs> just day-to-day stuff. Um, and then outside of that, I love biographies. I like, you know, you were mentioning when before we were on air, I, I like it how, how, how the person goes through, well, maybe they were a ditch digger and then how, they, how do they go from that to being a marketer or whatever. I love those kind of stories. So um, I think one can learn an awful lot. On, from biographies because you shorten the curve, right? Yes. It's like, why not learn from someone else's mistakes or why not learn from somebody else's aha moment? So I love biographies. I love, you are a student of life. You are so humble. You, um, you, you really are a student of life and, and you just taught a principle that is so true. There, there typically, there is not a life lesson that hasn't been taught and lived and learned by someone else. You know, why can't we learn these lessons? You know, I was very fortunate when I was going through my undergrad years. Uh, I worked at Chili's back in yeah. the day. And in 2002, Stephen Covey, um, once a week when he was in town, came to Chili's and he would ask oh, us out. personally. Uh-huh. He and his wife would get um, uh, Caesar salads, chips okay. and salsa, and waters with lemons. And he would tip me double what his meal cost every time. And I would literally just learn from this incredible soul. And that was what um, I, I said, gosh, if he's been through all these life lessons, what can I learn? Why, why would I have to go through these on my own and try to find a solution? That's where, that's where people don't realize is when they're in a crisis, it's so hard when you have a crisis right in front of your face because the proximity to our crises, it's hard to see that there are options, there are resources. What do you say? to the person, what do you say to the person watching this, to the person in a crisis now that has their crisis right here, if it's a divorce, if it's a health problem, if it's a concern, um, what do you say when it literally is right there? What's the first step you tell them when they're in that crisis? What can you, what can you share? You know, sometimes they just can't see the solution. Sometimes they can't see the light to climb the stairs to get out of that hole. What, they can't. I mean, they're just not ready. Yeah. So that's okay. So I would say, lean on someone, find a mentor, maybe find uh, someone at your church or find a teacher or find somebody that you trust. Maybe it's an uncle or a grandfather and 
you know, they've probably been through this same situation and <laughs> they've already solved it. You know, they're 30 years ahead of you, right? So wow. I would say lean on someone because yeah, they know. Yeah, it's having an advocate in your corner, right? Um, yeah. Is, is absolutely, absolutely critical. Um, you know, one of I, the biggest areas of depression is to think you're the only one that's going through this. Wow. The inactivity is what causes anxiety and uh, depression. So the antidote to that, right, is to take action. In my book, one of the chapters is called um, Action Cures Depression. Wow. If you're in forward motion, even if you're doing it wrong, even if you're going down the wrong way, you know, let's say you make a left turn, but ooh, that wasn't the right way, then you know to back up, move the car back, and go this way. <laughs> that forward motion will pull you into the right direction. So how does one, it's, you know, it's, we, we need to hear this over and over again, right? That when you've made a mistake, it's you need to own up to your mistake and and to be vulnerable. How does one actually do? That? I mean, what are the words that you know that that uh, if I'm going through this crisis, what would you share with me? I've gone down the wrong road. I need a you know I need a mentor. I need someone. Um, and and you happen to be the advocate, you know, for me. How how can I be the one who literally says what are the words I have to say? What are, what is the mindset I have to have? You said that you know we're not alone. You know, we, we think that we're the only one who's ever made this mistake. Yeah. <laughs> what do I have to say? What literally do I have to say to get help? Because we find that a lot of times there isn't a lack of resources. There isn't a lack of people. It's literally, I, I feel so stuck and maybe ashamed or I feel, I, I feel like I, I can't open. What do I have to say? How, how do I reach out to you? How do we reach out to a mentor or an advocate? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the word mistake. Men don't do that word. <laughs> Men don't want to be wrong. It's not a mistake. So what I would say is do what's called neuro-linguistic programming, which Boom. means your words matter. So men don't like that word. So instead, let's flip this around and say, it's an opportunity. It's a learning experience. Like, yes, you went through this crisis, but um, I think the word, I think, is it Chinese? The, the symbol for crisis and opportunity are the same thing. Yes. Right? They're synonyms, but I mean, it's a symbol. Um, and, and I really like that. And I think that really applies to men. Because if you say it's a mistake, you're going to be stuck in your, in your, in your mud, right? Yes. But if you say, oh my gosh, this is a learning opportunity. How can I look back and learn from what I just went through? That is And powerful. you know, and the biggest, the biggest area that I apply this in is divorce, unfortunately. You know, the, the guy will always say she did this wrong and she was a biatch and she was this and she took my, you know. And so I have to ask the million dollar question, which always breaks them out of their slumber. Um, what was your part in the demise of the marriage? And oh my God, that shocks them into reality. And it's like the, the clouds are lifted and they finally, at that juncture, they finally find the solution to what they need to do to move on. I mean, what, what, a, power, what a few powerful concepts. I mean, words are power. Well, you know, the, the power we give those words are absolutely, they're, they're critical. The voice we have in our head is absolutely critical. And you taught a very important principle that accountability is, is key. You know, if you were to get rear-ended by someone else, 
the first thing you want to think of is you want to point blame. You want to point blame. It's not my fault. But when we point blame and we don't put it within ourselves, that's when we see danger happen. That's when we see sickness happen. You know, accountability doesn't necessarily always mean liability. In that case, with divorce, absolutely, there's, there's always going to be accountability. And that's when healing can truly take place. Even if darts have been thrown and you can't release, you can't unthrow them, but accountability to ask for forgiveness to, um, of, of the person you've hurt, because uh, there's so many people affected, especially you know, your, your, your former spouse and especially your kids, but accountability is key to allow you to heal. What do you say... What do you say? And, and the accountability helps you grow because if you don't acknowledge what your portion of the problem was, it takes two to tango, right? She yes. wasn't doing this all on her own. You were there. You were a participant. So you don't grow. So like you say, the universe is going to give you the same lesson because you haven't learned the lesson. Yes, it will <laughs> keep coming, keep coming, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I love that you shared that uh, one of your heroes, one of your mentors was your father. When it came to writing your books and understanding these concepts, obviously I know, I mean, and you interviewed over 20,000 men for, for one of your books. What role did your father have with teaching you some of these life lessons? And what are the lessons that he learned that has really changed your life that can help men um, have accountability and change their own lives? I'm so blessed that my father was born in Europe because it's like I didn't get some of the, the negativity that U.S. men get, you know, the denigration that U.S. men get. But anyway, um, you know, they talk today about STEM careers, STEM careers, which is so important and so valuable. And even though I'm a girl, my dad taught me math and science and cars and how to read a map and all the boy things, right? Um, it was so valuable. And, and the biggest lesson, you know, that he gave was you can do anything. It's like there are no roadblocks. So it just makes me crazy when I hear about race relations and they put this race down that, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. It's like a, it's we we're raising a society of young kids based on the word can't rather than flipping it around saying you can do anything just you know you just need resources and knowledge perseverance and sweat that's it and you'll get there you know so we need better role models and a better message to give to our our kids but yeah i would say for the dads out there you know those skills those male skills those uh you know left brain skills are highly important even if she doesn't go into those fields even if she becomes you know an artist goes in you know is, is an artist or goes into sales or whatever it is those stem skills are really quite valuable you can use them in in any location really you know i i love that concept that um you it, it's a limiting mindset when we say we can't. It's it's a it's a scarcity mindset. You know, we we cannot help someone be healthy if we're sick. We yeah. can't help someone be wealthy if we are poor. We have to start from within by surrounding ourselves with wonderful people. You know, we're we're an accumulation of the top five people we hang out with. We're an accumulation of what we put into ourselves and those lessons that we're gonna learn. Are we gonna take that left side of scarcity, of lack? of I can't, or are we going to say, no, there's absolutely enough abundance for everyone to have absolutely everything that they could ever hope for. But it has to start with how you talk to yourself. It has to start with the abundance mindset and, and that drive that you have within yourself. What, what do you say, 
um, is the biggest problem that you solve for men's health and mental health and awareness? What is what is one of the biggest problems you solve? Because if we can understand what the problem is, we can understand where that roadmap, where that will possibly take place in our life. What's that biggest problem or concern probably, or lesson? Probably the most frequently asked question that I get is, how come nice guy doesn't work? Mm. And it's a lesson that a lot of moms teach their sons, you know, have respect for the girl and be nice and, you know, all this kind of, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, in my book, um, you can't just give or adopt respect. The person has to earn respect, just like anybody else, just like in the business world, just like in other interpersonal relationships, you have to earn it. So it's wrong of mothers to say, give her respect. Now, treat her neutrally, yes. I mean, I don't want you to put her down or, you know, uh, criticize her. Or what? Like, it's there's a mid-balance there. It's not respect and it's not putting her down. It's somewhere in the middle. Just keep an open mind put her in the middle and, you know, take it from there. So the nice guy thing, um, it doesn't work. Again, probably something that's taught to you by your, by female <laughs> uh, relatives, your mom and so forth. It doesn't work because the receiver of that, she doesn't feel your sexual energy. Not that I need you to have sex on the first date. No, I'm not saying that. But she needs to see you as a potential partner. So the nice guy, like, oh, I'm going to come over and paint your living room walls and I'm going to help you, you know, uh, pick out tires or pick out a new computer or like whatever it is. All that's well and good, but she's putting you in the brother category. She doesn't feel that energy. And again, that's a chapter in my book too, why nice guy doesn't work and what you, what you can do instead. What you can do instead is she needs to feel confidence from you. Mm. It's a biological need. Um, you know, my research, I took that back 10,000 years ago and it's rooted in, you know, in general, men are bigger, badder, stronger, faster than we are to help women and children get out of danger. So if there is a weather event, like a tornado, hurricane, avalanche, fire, like whatever it is, that hopefully the, the guys will come in and, and, you know, rescue us, help us from that danger. Or it could be, you know, the lion or the bear or whatever is invading the camp. Again, the guys will pull together and save the villagers from this threat. So, you know, of course, we don't have lions and tigers and bears today, but um, that confidence gene is part of our DNA. We crave that. So if you don't deliver on the confidence gene, you're going to go in the nice guy category. Now, is it bad to be a nice guy? No, there's a there's a time and place for everything like they say in the Bible. Um my, my time frame is 90 days, like don't paint her apartment for 90 days and then you're all good. You got to establish the confidence gene first. So, and, and to, to clarify too, so, you know, you're, you're teaching that, you know, we, we shouldn't be, you know, who we aren't. We need to be authentic to who we are, but also sharing what is it that is, what is it that really is, a, 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 what attracts, you know, women to men and men to women. So, 
So you're teaching, we need to be authentic to who we are. Don't be who you aren't, be who you are. And I always believe that if you don't believe that you're your best self, well then absolutely we need to act and be and think and do and say who we would like to become. So how do we become truly authentic to, to who we are? How do we cultivate that, that, um, that confidence? How do we practice that? How do we think, how do we say that? How do we be that? Yeah, you know what? A lot of my male colleagues who are in the similar um, profession as I am in, men teaching men how to date, relationships, and all that kind of stuff, um, they take a different approach. And they say you have to practice on the girl to get this confidence. And I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with the girl. <laughs> you have to just go inward. So wow. uh, what I do is I, I spend a good portion of the book teaching you how to get confidence. But basically what it is is a lot of guys will get confidence from their work, um, a hobby, um, a passion, maybe it's music, maybe you're the best guitar player, maybe it's sports, maybe you're the best golfer, whatever it is, whatever that passion is, spend at least one hour a week on that until you become an expert. So it's, they say that the definition of expert is you need to practice one hour a week for 10 years. Uh, if you want to make it shorter, then practice one hour a day, right? And that'll shorten the time frame. But anyway, Become good at one thing, and then it's part of your gut. It's part of your being. And so when you're around that girl, you're not going to be tongue-tied. It's going to, that confidence will naturally emanate. You don't even have to say the words. You don't have to say it. She will feel it, and that's what women are attracted to. You know, oftentimes my male colleagues say, oh, you know, it takes money. It's not money. It's what the money represents. The money represents confidence that you came from nothing and you made this amount of money. And if you lost it all tomorrow, guess what? You already know the path on how you made it. So you can just remake it. It's the confidence that they're looking for. That's what's sexy. Absolutely. Can, can you be confident and humble? Can you be confident and authentic? Oh, of course. Of course. I wouldn't, you know, to not be authentic, because there's a lot of guys out there who are confident, but not authentic. So my words for those people are arrogant and cocky. There you arrogant go. and cocky are fake confidence. You know, you need the confidence, but you don't have it for real. That's, so, that's what I wanted to point out is a lot of guys think they have to do that pigeon chest. You know, we need to, you know, we have that bravado, that machoism. And, and we're, we're going to be being macho as we walk off a cliff, you know, because yeah. we're too prideful to see and to say, you know, again, that comes from that accountability. Yeah. What's going on inside me. So cultivating that confidence, being confident in all the things that you do. Like, and I love that you taught that life lesson of you can do this on the golf course and it's not pride. It's not cocky. It's being confident what you are. And, and when we make a mistake to be able to say, you know, if you sliced it all the way left and say, yeah. you know, wow, that was way too much power, man. I just, I just sliced through that thing, but being honest and vulnerable, um, confidence that, that really is what truly is sexy. Um, and, and that's how we truly cultivate it. Linda, I am, 
I am so honored uh, that you've been able to be with us today and to be able to share some of these life lessons. And we're going to have uh, a link in the description below um, with your books. And uh, we will absolutely love to have our, our followers continually follow you. So where where do we find you on social media? How do we get a hold of you? Again, we'll have the links to your, to your books below. How do we follow you? How do we follow your radio show? How do we get a hold of you? Yep. Well, the radio show is The Men's Advocate Show, The Men's Advocate Show. Uh, the website, themensadvocate.com, mensadvocate.com. And I'm on all the social. I'm on, you know, Facebook, IG, Twitter, you know, just, just type it into the search bar, The Men's Advocate Show, and all these things, the link should, should come up. Thank you. I know you were going to have a whole slew of people following you and thanking you. Because again, when crisis or a lesson comes... Why is it that some people can just jump over that hurdle and have no problem? They've learned these lessons. They've learned that confidence is sexy. They've learned accountability. They've learned to be vulnerable. They've learned to be open. They have a mentor, as you've taught. They, they constantly feed themselves with what is positive and with what they need. They constantly say, think, and be what they want to be, their best selves. Thank you for teaching us these lessons. And I am grateful that we have you in the world in, in this corner oh. to be able to advocate. Thank you so very much, Linda. Thank you, Jake. I really appreciate that. What kind words you have. We appreciate you. And we'll have to have you on again. Again, uh, please follow Linda. Learn these lessons now so that all when a crisis, when a lesson does come, it literally is simply a hurdle. And if you do get stuck, accountability and honesty. How did you attract this? What is your part to play so that you can heal and help others heal at, a, at the same rate that you would wish to be? So thank you so much, Linda. Thank you again. Appreciate it.